we are here in April uh, 2021, and we're still in this COVID restriction challenges, and I'm not sure how you're doing. It has been a challenge, and we start getting caught up in our eyes, start turning onto what we cannot do. And I want us to look today at what God is doing and us joining Him. So may you be encouraged today as we come to His Word. Uh, we were going to wrap up uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, and I, I, I wanted to close off on chapter 16, so we're back in it for this Sunday, and then we'll be moving on to a, another uh, theme. But for today, I want us to talk about the ingredients of being a disciple. How many of you as families, uh, you have families with young kids, do you let your kids in the kitchen? Uh, do you let them bake? I let, you let them in the kitchen, but do you actually let them get your hands in there? And I know my, my wife does it with the grandkids, uh, and they are in there. They're just, uh, yeah, I'm not really hungry after they're finished baking. But uh, as I was growing up, my parents both worked. And so I watched what she did, and I would just go into the kitchen and... Uh, I figured it can't be that hard. You add some ingredients and you... Because I didn't follow a recipe. My brain was too creative in imagination. And I couldn't think still enough to look at a, a, a recipe. So I made non-edible food uh, as a kid. But as I grew up, uh, I started getting more control over my ADHD. Not really. Uh, and I started following the instruction because I discovered a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous when it comes to baking. And so why don't you follow a baker that knows what exact recipe, what to put into each thing, it actually tastes good. So I started following the instructions, and I realized how good it can taste. And really, I want to bring that analogy into what it is to, to be a disciple, the ingredients. Because I think... No matter where you are, as a, a pastor at MRC, a leader at MRC, whoever you are, I think we have a struggle with this term of being a disciple. It's not a term we use, and, but it is a term the Bible uses of what it is to be a Christian. And so I want to walk through that a bit in a very simple steps, but really important steps. And we take these uh, scriptures clearly. So what I want to do, if you are uh, taking notes, hopefully you are, oh, ignore that one. Uh, if you want to watch a video about Grandma Nana and I think the son Cod, uh, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> but what I want you to do, if you're a Christian, I want you to write down two people that are not Christians that are in your influence right now, even in COVID, who are two people that are part of your group that you know, uh, and, if, and for you that are watching today, and maybe you are not a Christian, you're just checking in, welcome. I would love for you to write down that two people that are in your influence that are Christians. Uh, just, we'll talk more about that later, but just what it is to, we put in to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of ingredients. I'm going to narrow it down a bit to uh, simplify this, uh, this recipe, if you will. Um, can we just take a moment and pray as we come to God's Word? Lord, there is so much going on in my head, 
And I pray your spirit would just come upon me, bring clarity, Lord, that we would hear what you have to say. Lord, would you open our ears to hear what you are saying to us, to us individually, to us as a church. And Lord, I pray that you would impact us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Gospel of Mark, uh, verse 15. Now it's interesting, Jesus comes to them, he's a little frustrated with them for their unbelief. And then he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's the very serious part of the gospel and those that are carrying the gospel to bring it that salvation can be for all people. So that's the gospel of Mark. If you were to go to the gospel of Matthew, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Again, that commissioning to go. In Luke, he gives the the gospel message, what it is, that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again, that you could be forgiven, and this should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Again, the Great Commission. In John, Jesus says, even so, I am sending you as the Father has sent me. He's that call to go. So we have this call to go, and I could preach on that about the importance of we need to go, the world is lost. But I want to take it a step back and talk about what it is to be a disciple. For I believe you cannot make disciples if we don't know what a disciple is. If we are not experiencing it, we can't do it. We need the ingredients to be that disciple. So number one is faith. Simple as that is, don't shrug this off saying, well, I know this. Because we have come down to it as a church, and this gets a little bit, should I say, weak in the message because we just take it for granted. Yeah, just pray a prayer, and you're done. It's much more than that. And I really want us to understand this, that it's more than just praying a prayer. That is part of it. I mean, I definitely, I prayed a prayer, and something took place that was life-changing, because this is part of being a disciple. A disciple is not a program. It's not a plan. It's not a strategy even. Disciple is a lifestyle. And it needs to have this step of faith. So when we think about ingredients uh, of putting two things together that create a reaction, it's life-changing. And I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I've never tried this before as a kid. I don't know why I've been missing this, but hopefully you catch this picture. Uh, it's an important one because it gives an example of what happens. When you give your life to Jesus, it is not about just a program. It's not about, oh, I've joined a club. There is something that happens when you give your life to Jesus. And uh, I'll see if I can uh, demonstrate this. When the Spirit of God comes together, if we look at one and say, this is God, I should give you a scripture here, now that I got you going on that one, I want us to, I was getting ahead of myself, I'm excited about this moment, uh, whoever believes and be baptized will be saved, okay, so that's important, whoever does not believe will be condemned, 
But there's something that takes place when grace and faith come together. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. There's something that happens when you bring grace, the gospel of what God does, the spirit of God and what he has done, and you believe. There's something that happens when we believe. So now I come back to this. Uh, I put this white powder as your faith. Uh, Eric said I put too much faith in there. Uh, You need a lot less. But here's what happens when we bring the power of God into it. Ready for this? It takes a second, a moment. Here we go. I love doing that. (laughs) But that is really when you bring two ingredients together, there is a supernatural working that happens. There is a reaction. It's not just joining a club. The church is not a club. It is the power of God. And when we say, I believe in what Jesus has done, there's a transformation. There's a reaction. It's like, well, regeneration is a, a term that we use to describe what happens when you believe. God puts into you a new heart and life changes. What you desired before, all of a sudden, now I have a new heart. I desire to learn from Jesus. I want to know God. I want to worship. I want to read God's word. I want to talk to God, what we call prayer. There is something that happens supernaturally when we bring these two ingredients together. Again, so important. This is not just some club that you join, the MRAC club. This is a movement of God. And when you believe, life changes. I don't want to sin anymore. Do I sin? Yeah. I trip up and fall all the time. But my heart desire is I want to know Jesus. There is something that happens when we do this. But we don't stop here. We just don't just stop at faith and say, I'm good. But often, we do stop here. And we've been, you've been following Jesus and you say, well, I believe this is what happened. I gave my life to Jesus uh, in 19 whatever or last month. And I just, I believe I have my fire insurance in place. I'm saved. You're missing out. We start grieving the Spirit of God. There's something that happens when we are regenerated, when we are born again, the Spirit of God prompts us. We hunger for God. We want to follow Him. We don't stop at just faith. Faith is an action word. We are moving forward. I want to follow Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus means I want to learn from Him. I want to grow in Him. Jesus said this, follow me. Do we just stop there and say, well, I believed in you, Jesus. I believe you can do that. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again and gave me new life. But we just stop. Church, we need to wake up here. This is a new chapter in what God wants to do in MRAC. And I believe God wants to do something, but we need to follow him. We've been comfortable COVID actually made us even more comfortable saying, well, now I don't even have to go to church. I can stay on my couch. But God wants to do something in your life right now. He says, follow me. I will make you become 
This is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to make you a disciple, but we need to follow him. We need to learn from him. We need to grow, a hunger to grow. And what happens often, I say I believe, and so what we do, if I could use circles, and we have our bubbles that we talk about it during COVID, you have your bubble of your private life. You have another bubble of your family life, another bubble over here of your work, another bubble over here of your social life, vocation, and all these different things. And then you say, well, I believe in Jesus, and here's another bubble with Jesus. So I have my faith in Jesus, and then I have all these other things that are part of our lives. But we never bring Jesus in to my private life. I don't bring Jesus into my social life. It's like, Jesus, you stay home, I'm going out. Jesus, can you stay in the other room? I'm going to watch this movie. Faith and follow, these ingredients are critical that we invite Jesus into every part of our life. This is so important because, again, disciple is a lifestyle. It's an identity. It is not a program. It's your identity. It is who you are. We say we're a Christian, but we do these things over here. We leave Christ out. To be a disciple is who I am. I want to learn from Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus and discover what he has to say in my life. These are important ingredients to being a full, excited follower of Jesus. We sung about it. He breaks every chain. You give him your addiction. There is something God does that's transforming power. But we need to choose, not just believe, Well, I say believe, faith leads us to action. And this is part of another thing I don't do when I I do baking. I don't use the sieve, the the screen. It says, sift your flour. I'm like, what's the point? Uh, Well, it is important in baking. And it is, is important in our Christian life. Jesus calling the crowd to him and his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. Now, number one, this has nothing to do with, oh, this is a burden that I got to carry. This is my cross that I have. That is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about some burden, a cross that you're bearing. This is talking about death. It is dying to self. And we need to take hold of this truth. Then not just push it aside. It's taking our life, sifting things through it, taking every thought captive, the Bible says. So when I see this stuff and I'm like, oh, God reveals something to me. Oh, I need to deal with this. And I slowly give these things away. We, we surrender them over to the gospel. We say, Jesus, you're convicting me. I need to deal with this. So when I'm in God's word, I'm in prayer, and I'm, I'm wanting to learn from Jesus, he reveals things to me. One example that I, I think of is... Uh, and because it is so powerful to me, this, this couple were living together for years. They were never married. And Jesus got a hold of their life, and their life was transformed. And uh, the elders came to me and said, as a young pastor, he said, Neil, you need to go tell them they're living in sin. 
They need, they're, they're not married. They need, to, you know, they need to get out of the same household. And so I was not comfortable with that as a young pastor. I was, and so I spent some time in prayer. I think it was the next day or the day after. <laughs> they came to me and said, you know, I think we shouldn't be living together. Is that not? It's wrong, right? Because we're not married. And I was able to disciple them of what it was to follow Jesus. And they moved out from the house and they did get married. And that's the power of God or what God does. It is this transforming work of Christ. When we say, I want to follow, there's this sifting that happens in our life. God reveals things to us and we get rid of them. We say, yes, but you need to let Jesus into your whole life. As you let him into your whole life, there's things that happen. Because remember, Jesus is your identity. He is your lifestyle. Now, another process in this, uh, another scripture that I love, it helps describe it so much better as we say, you need to take up your cross, deny yourself. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is the picture of a disciple that says, I am walking with the teacher, and I'm coming more and more like him. And this life now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is the transforming work. Now, what happens here when we give our life to Jesus? We talked about regeneration. You know that, that overflow of what Christ does and gives us a new heart. There's another part, and that's sanctification. So when you give your life to Jesus, you've been sanctified positionally. I am sanctified. I've been set apart. I have made holy in Christ. But now there's this progressive process of sanctification where God reveals things and continues to make us holy, set apart. So sanctification really is the Holy Spirit working in you to will and to act. He's actually changing you. If we let him, we need to say yes to the Holy Spirit when he reveals these things, just as that couple did. They said, yeah, this is wrong. We need to do what is right. That process, uh, we read in Philippians uh, to work out our salvation, and people say, oh, I got to do these things in order to be saved. Well, we read in Ephesians already that it's not by works. Okay, but it is that we now live out our faith in action. This is what Christ has done. We live it out. We actually obey what God is telling us. We're letting Christ reign in our life more and more. That sanctifying process. And again, I hope you hear me that I do believe God has great things in store for MRAC as this new chapter comes into place, as a new lead comes in. What does God want to do? But it starts with us. It starts with each one of you individually saying, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go because I want to be your disciple. I want to listen to you and become more like you. We need to stop quenching the Spirit of God saying, no, I will not do that. It is so easy to do. Because when God speaks to me, when I was a, a new believer, man, I God, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. 
Hence, this is where I got. (laughs) Now, I hesitate that prayer. And I found myself this past week praying it once again. Okay, God, new chapter. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Because I believe God wants to do mighty things through his church. I believe God wants to do mighty things through MRAC. But are we willing? God wants to do it. God really, this is, this is in, what's the term? His wheelhouse. He wants to do the mighty work. But are we open and willing? When you give your life to Jesus, it's for life. It is your identity. It's what God wants to do in you and through you. It's amazing. He doesn't take away all the struggles. We sung about those. Even in prison, he gives us a song. Those things that are in our life. But what he does, as we follow Jesus, people are looking at us. And interesting, one scholar put it this way. The most, most important sign of authentic discipleship, the most important attribute of the Christian, attribute of the Christian life is agape love. Is that unconditional commitment of love. The Bible says they will know we are Christians by our love. He says it's not the worship experience, though we love that. It's not the experience of the Holy Spirit, which we need. It's not the correct doctrine, which is really important. It's not just a faith, which we need too. It's not about our service to the poor or the needy. It's agape love. The environment, the foundation that God wants for his church. It's the foundation. It's so important that God wants to do this work in you and through you that the love of Christ flows out of you. Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is critical. It's one of those ingredients. As we allow ourselves to be sifted and get rid of the impurities, God moves in us, and this love radiates out of us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, and we use this for weddings. It's a beautiful passage, but it is talking about the church. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It love does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. How are you doing in your marriage, your family, in church life? Do we keep records of wrongs? Some of us have binders of those that wronged you. Jesus says, If you're a disciple of Jesus, that binder is burnt. It's gone because of what Christ has done. We keep no records of wrong because I'm a follower of Jesus and God is working in me and those things need to be burnt. May the Spirit of God be convicting you and working in you. Not me convicting you, but the Spirit of God. If you're keeping a binder of wrongs, you're just holding it. We forgive. It doesn't mean we forget, but we don't hold it against them. That is the supernatural love of Christ. Do we need to grow in these areas? Do I need to grow in these areas? Absolutely. 
This is the working of Christ. This is what it is to be a disciple, to be one that says, I want to follow Jesus. It's important to us. I am not clicking. Can we click to the next one? <laughs> there we are, the, the wrap up here. Uh, if I could summarize uh, what this is looking like. So, faith. We come to this place of believing it's a supernatural work. When we hold on to the gospel, life is changed. This follow, it's a sanctifying process. It's not something that I have done. It's why hunger to be a disciple. I want to be like Christ. Jesus said a disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So we are not Christ, but we will be like him in Christ's likeness. There will be a character, an attribute. And this is all done through the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It's those ingredients are mixed together in this relationship with Jesus. And we start growing, saying, I want to follow Jesus. My identity is in Christ. Because if you try to be a disciple and make disciples with your own process, we're going to mess up. It's not going to taste good. <laughs> you know, it won't taste good. But when you walk with Jesus, and say yes to Jesus. Will you do that as a church? To say yes to Jesus. Because when we think about the, the, the ingredients of a disciple. When we put our faith in him. And we say yes to Jesus. I want to follow him. Is it actually a program? Look at Jesus. Did Jesus sit down and disciple, train his disciples? He had those times. But think of the many times throughout his walk with his disciples, he was training them. You will discover your ground of training to be a disciple. That sanctifying work in your life is through your daily circumstances of life. That car in front of you, that person that's not following the COVID guidelines and you're getting angry. What's God doing? He's revealing things to you. He's showing you what is the right way. You're walking with me. He teaches us as we walk along in our life, God brings circumstances into our life and he uses them as a discipleship tool. He is teaching us what it is to walk with him. So if you just think Sunday morning God speaks to you or your prayer time, the, this discipleship training is, goes on throughout your life. So no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, no matter as a pastor, God is still discipling me. He is revealing things to me, filtering through these things that I need to get rid of and making me more like Christ. God has this work that he does in us if we would let him do it. So I am pleading I am begging. I am just exhorting the church of what God wants to do in you and through you as you walk with him. It is relational. It mixes together. It is all relational. We walk with Jesus. We walk with each other. Those two people that you wrote down, you walk with them. 
and you show them what it is to be a disciple. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. He will do that. It's not a program. It's your identity. It's your lifestyle. And as a pastor, I want to equip you. I want to help you in that. As a church, we want to do that. That COVID does not stop the church. God wants to continue to work in you and through you in these lives of the two people that you wrote down. Will you join God and what he wants to do in his church here at MRAC to make a difference in our world? It is life-changing. It is transformation. It's doing life with Jesus. He is going to bring circumstances into your life. How you respond to them is important because if it's a lifestyle, you are constantly saying, Jesus, show me what it is to walk with you. Show me what it is to walk with you. No matter where we go in life, no matter the circumstances that hit. We heard some testimonies of that uh, last week in the baptisms. God didn't take away the sickness. See, sometimes we seek Jesus as our healer instead of the healer himself. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. A.B. Simpson's song that he wrote. But it's, it's putting Christ into your life every day. I can't emphasize this enough that we would do that, that we could give everything we have to Jesus. So as a pastor, as a leader at MRAC, as a church member, as an adherent, whoever you are, will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say, not just, we know that God did that transforming work at regeneration. He wants to do the sanctifying work. And like me in school, I just disengaged. I was sitting in a chair, but I wasn't there. We can do that as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. We could be a Christian, and say, yeah, I'm here, but I'm really not with the program. God, I really don't want to change my life. I am pretty comfortable with where I am. You there, Jesus, my private life here, you know, my work over here, my family there. And Jesus is challenging you. This next chapter of your life, the spring of 2021, saying, I'm saying yes to Jesus wherever you want me to go. I will go. Is that your heart desire? Will you go all the way with Jesus? Because you're only going to get frustrated if you don't. You live a frustrated life. Full surrender is where it's at. To call out to him. Say, God, I am yours. Let's close in prayer. Father, you have been faithful. You have been so good. You have started your church. You have done the work. You started the work in me. You have started your work in those that are watching today. I pray, Father, by your Holy Spirit, you would speak, that we would hear your voice, that we would move from our comfort zone and take on and step forward and say, yes, Jesus, wherever you want me to go, I am taking your call. I will do it. 
And Lord, we are excited what you want to do here at MRAC, what you want to do in your church, what you want to do through your church. And we're just saying, take us and use us for all that you want to do. We want to be your disciples. Lord, we want to identify with you in our everyday life. And I pray for those people listening. I pray, God, would you anoint, empower as they surrender. And Lord, would you move in them and through them. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.